in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Top 10. I'm John Roca. And I am Matt Nost. We're here to bring you another movie discussion, uh, this time about plane movies Ew. for the release of Plane. <laughs> I remember seeing it on Twitter, when, and it was just someone who was like, wait for the greatest title reveal you've ever seen at the end of this trailer. And then it just goes through and just plain. It was like, you know what? Good for you setting that up. I would love it if he makes this whole series. Ship. <laughs> Car. Car. Oh, God, we're stretching this fucking thing. Ferry. Ferry. <laughs> we can only move at six knots an hour. I don't know what the average speed of a ferry is, but. There's a bomb on this ferry train. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never saw Speed 2. Did you ever see Speed 2? Oh, no, man, no. Uh, oh, on this boat and the boat can't slow oh, down. It's like, wow, this is... This premise... I remember being in the trailer, Matt, or being in the theater when the trailer showed the first time, and I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Be like, we got Jason Patrick. Be like, I'm out, guys. Yeah, I'm out. Jason Patrick. I don't remember him ever in an action movie. I'm <sighs> like, fuck yeah, Jason Patrick, crushing it. Do I like Jason Patrick? Sure. Go watch sure. Narc. Yeah, Narc. He's great in Narc, of course. Yeah, or Lost Boys. or Rush. You know. He's good in Rush. Yeah, Rush. He's great yeah. in Rush. Yeah. Um, but those aren't distinctly action movies. Yeah. Keanu, Keanu's kind of a one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, he's tough to imitate. He's tough to replicate. Yeah. Much as Matt Perry would like to kill him off. <laughs> Keanu is all of ours, okay. and we're the better for it. Of all people, I know, right? Like of all people, uh, he's done nothing to nobody. Like that's the thing; he's done nothing to nobody. No. He gives up his seat on public trains. You know, there's a million things that he does, and this is the guy you go after. What a what a stupid, stupid decision on so many. Yeah, levels. unless it was. Like the publisher saying, we need something salacious like this because it'll generate talk online and it'll boost book sales, which I could easily see that being the case. Oh, sure, sure. Even then, I don't think you you pick right Keanu Reeves. I, well, I, that makes it else. even more shitty, Matt, because then you used him uh, uh, for for no reason at all, but a selfish desire to sell books. So if you had a legitimate beef with the guy's talent or abilities, okay, that, I can understand that you're just a dick. But if you actually don't have an issue with it and you fabricated it, you're a massive dick at that point for that. Because then you're just using that dude's celebrity for your own thing. Yeah. Um, As if you didn't make enough money on Friends. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck, dude? Like, Plus it's in syndication and they it yeah. still gets sold for and they're making boatloads of money. So how much money do you need? Yeah. I think I've told you like my friend booked a, I'm not going to say his name, but my friend booked a role on that Good Morning show or such sports show that he did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one with Allison Janney, I think. And he was on one episode, and uh, he was getting laughs 
because my friend's a good, he's a funny comedian. He was getting laughs on the lines and Matt was getting pissed. So he tried to one up him in the scene, improving every line because he's the executive producer of the show and the star who's going to tell him no. So he basically tried to take away all the thunder from my friend who was just doing the lines as they were written, but in his own way to make them funny, uh, which was part of the scene. But I guess Matt didn't like the fact that he was getting the shine in the scene as a day player over him as the lead of the show. So he like over, like overcame that and, uh, or went over top of him and changed the line so that he would have the jokes in the whole scene. And it was like, I mean, what is wrong with you, dude? Like you're so far, you're, you've got a shit ton of money. What the fuck else do you need for God's sakes? Damn. Give me that friend's money. I'll never act again. I'll never do shit again. Sit back and just fucking enjoy that money. And, um, hang out and live my life for God's sakes. It's just crazy how much people need the stroke, you know? Well, I mean, I think the the money is a nice part of it. Yeah. It's almost like a fringe benefit of the fame and the adulation. That's what they really crave. Oh, it's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know that for every because there are some people that I think that that do it just because that's what they love to do. There's, yeah. I would imagine the vast majority are just like, you know what? It, it, that's all well and good, but mm-hmm. I genuinely just like doing this. Yeah. It's, it's fun and entertaining and exciting for me. Yeah. Maybe you're right. But there are quite a few people that are just like, I want to be famous. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, that's a, 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 as good a motivation as any other. Yeah. Uh, I'm not denigrating it, but if it gets you there, it yeah. gets you there. That's what matters, right? Yeah, if it gets you there. Yeah, there are numerous people that move to Los Angeles and be like, I want to be a star. Yeah. Not, I want to be the greatest actor, or I want to do this amazing ensemble piece. Just, I want to be a star. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Here's a sitcom. Yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> I'll tell you the story. So I was, uh, we were home, you know, I didn't do shit for a week. Like I didn't put any content out. I just took the week off. My girlfriend made me log out everything. So I wouldn't even be tempted to do anything over Christmas. So we spent a lot of time together, just reconnecting, hanging out. It was great. You know, I, you know, we were both so busy during the year. It was nice, even though we lived together, even though we both worked from home, we still kind of don't spend enough time together. And so we were sitting there just watching stuff. And one night, what comes on? Because I didn't know that this was an actual channel on our YouTube TV subscription, mm-hmm. comedy.tv or whatever. Which Oh, wow. I haven't heard that in forever. Dude, I had no idea it was a channel. I had no idea. And it, and it's, it shows old stand-ups, old shows. I We were just randomly, just randomly switching channels. And I hit on that channel. And Mark El- a young Mark Ellis is on there in that show. Comedy Time? Who wants to date a comedian? Oh, okay. Holy shit, Nost. I had no fucking idea this show. Was this Fat Ellis? This is probably post-Fat Ellis. I don't know. Transitional. It's it's, it's Ellis with the hair down covering the forehead. Like the when he wore the hair down like that. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, it was not a good look for him. But no. Well, well, I mean, look, I was confused with my look for a long time. Yeah. But ditto. Um, I'm not criticizing Mark in a negative way. Just, you know, we all go through that, but it was not a good look for him. But um, I don't know if he's fat. He was in. He was in shape, but just the idea that one of the nicest guys in the world is over here, like having to question these women about whether they should date him. I just thought was so antithetical to what I've seen or known of Mark Ellis in the past. 
It's such an unusual show that you would never get away with that show nowadays. Putting women through their paces like they were working out for him. He would tell them what to do in a workout and he'd sit on a lounge chair and watch them working out, which is the height of of um, objectification there. But I just thought it was a fascinatingly insane show. And apparently it went on with like two for like two seasons. Um, and it was all about these women who were trying to date a comedian or, or men who were trying to date a female comedian. Because I think Tiffany Haddish is one of an early young, very young Tiffany Haddish is in one of those episodes. So just a fascinating thing to discover. And then had no idea that there was a channel called comedy.tv that had all these old shows and old standups and old comedy stuff going on there. I imagine that's Byron Allen's channel, right? I mean, he seems to have his fingers on a lot of those comedy pies. Uh, I don't know who owns that show. Mm. But look, there's a very good chance it's a Byron Allen. Yeah, I know, very man. good chance. That motherfucker, he's so smart, man. Yeah. I mean, he owns the Weather Channel, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> Quality notwithstanding, he's smart about uh, yeah. what he creates. Yeah, yeah no, no I, I'm not. The hustle to take, look, you have to give the man his genius. Absolutely. In that turning junkets into your own TV show to repackage it, to make it look like these celebrities sat down with you specifically for these interviews. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely I can't believe nobody thought of that before him. That is one of the, a master stroke. I'm not even kidding whether or not you'd like it, yeah. but the coming up next. And it's just, he's at a junket. Yeah. He's just at a junket. He's at a junket, but he took all those clips, repackaged it, turned it into a show, made it look like all these people, like he's the Oprah of movie stars. And I was like, this is br I, for the longest time. I didn't know any better. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then uh, as I got older, I was like, "Wait a second, Because you'd see the same backgrounds, right? With right. the junket, like the poster behind it. You'd see yeah. another interview, and you're like, "Well," but when I was yeah, whatever it was, eighth grade yeah. or freshman year in high school, first time I saw it, it was always on at like one in the morning. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, this okay, this is weird, but whatever." Uh, just it brilliant. does all the work for you. They do all the work for you. Yeah, you pay nothing for mm -hmm. the editing. For the shooting, for the staging, for the actors or stars, you're just there. You get invited because you've got an out, you got a name, and you get to ask them questions and whatever. And it's you're right, uh, utter genius, utter uh, genius. pure genius. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that could be. I've never actually seen the who if you do you want to date a comedian show. I know it existed. I yeah. completely forgot about it until you mentioned it. Yeah, I didn't know it existed. I had no idea what this was. And I was like, this is Alice. Holy shit. And I texted him. He was laughing about it. Like he goes, what is he said? What we do on TV echoes into eternity. Using yeah. the gladiator line. <laughs> I did a set once at the ice house and it was for this oh. thing called comedy time. Yeah. And they paid you for the set, but then, you know, they were like, Hey, sign this waiver. And I was like, okay. And then basically they own that set in perpetuity, which is wow. fine. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then I would get texts every once and again, be like, dude, I just saw you on something <laughs> on this random channel and they mispronounced your name. Like, <laughs> okay. Like I, well, I hope you enjoyed it. I, I've never seen it. It exists. Matt Knost coming up. <laughs> I think it was Nost. Oh, Nost. Okay. Yeah. Which is a common one, but Knost and Knost. I get those. Uh, 
Wow. But yeah, yeah. comedy comedy.tv man i thought that was defunct i can't believe oh, that's man. still a thing it's on. it was on my it's on my a channel on my youtube tv i couldn't <laughs> believe it dude oh no is that what it's on oh no it's on um uh, uh i think it's on pluto tv we saw it on the app so we have this people have pluto tv you can get it anywhere you can download it on roku or apple tv sure and it it has no it has you can't pause it or forward it or anything like that you have to watch it in real time and they schedule stuff and one channel is like all family ties episodes happy days episodes oh, okay. channels all love boat episodes and other channels all british comedy stuff british mystery stuff so it's all different channels and you just watch what you want so i think maybe we were farting around on there because sometimes we'll do that and that comedy tv i guess was a uh, channel we could we selected there to watch but just a random thing to see uh, our Mark Ellis on there. It was so much fun. But anyway, just kind of talking about how crazy the world can be and the stuff you do. Um, uh, all right. Anything else? Well, what's going on? Anything else? Um, no, it's, you ready to jump into the show? All right. You don't want to say anything about Donovan, Donovan Mitchell and his PED tests? You don't want to say anything about that? Uh, listen. <laughs> That's so crazy to me. <laughs> was there a lane violation? Yes. Yes, there was. Are they ever going to call that in a million years? No, 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 they're not. So I'm not. All right. Your Wizards foul into Rosen on a game winning oh. shot from oh three. That's still? more egregious. DeRozan has had two of those this season where the two minute report comes out the next day and be like, that should have been a called foul. I'm like, of course it was. You saw it in the moment. Whereas some Bulls fans are up in arms about like, oh, lane violation. Be like, they've never called that. They're no. never going to call that. No. You're you're pissing in the wind. It's true. It's Whereas true. the fouling on a three point shot to win the game, if it's a, a, egregious enough, yeah, that's a call that you make. Right. Right. So we've had three that I can think of off the top of my head this season. Okay. Mitchell's being one of them. Your Wizards another. There was another DeRozan late last second shot. Okay. The two DeRozans. I'm like, yeah, he got fouled. It's pretty. It's clear as day. Okay. The lane violation, and then there was also, I guess, Lopez also traveled right before that. He picked his pivot foot up, and it would have been a turnover, and we would have had the ball. But you miss calls. You miss calls. Last second shot, every ref is looking at the same play. Yeah. I don't know how you missed that. I, I, I do not hold on to regular season missed calls. Playoffs. Well, when we're, as, yes. when we're as mediocre as we are this season, oh, yeah. I am, because yeah, those two games would then propel us above to uh, at 500. Ah, good point. So we wouldn't be nearly as bad. We'd be in the play-in, mm-hmm. although I don't know if I want that yeah. necessarily because we're just going to get crushed anyway. But, uh, yeah, he hung 71 on us. That's incredible. And he he was wildly efficient doing it, so mm-hmm. you can't knock him for it. Yeah. Plus he yeah. had 11 assists, which means he wasn't just ball hogging, jacking shots. Yeah. He was the entire offense. He, I think between assists and shots, he was 99 of their points that night. Yeah, that's fucking incredible. You got to tip your hat to that. He crushed us. Everyone is in the zone now. Everyone it's is amazing. It's the the league now is this is when you get league pass. Everyone's figured out what they are as a team. Everyone's hitting their stride. This is when you want to start watching the game. Yeah. Sure. Plus, it's every other night. Yeah. Hey, so and so put up 42. Yeah. 10 and 10. Luca. You're like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Luca's done it. Embiid yeah. has done it. Yeah, Clay had, uh, what did Clay have? 54? 50, yeah. Or 45. I don't know if I'm flip flopping which 
on that. But there was like two or three others on the night that Mitchell had 71. It's like right. this is just an offensive explosion. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, one last thing. Prediction. Uh, you're, an, you're an NFC North guy. So Lions Packers, who you got in this battle? I mean, if you don't think I'm pulling for the Lions in this, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> as much as I clown on the Lions, we can all agree in the Central, the Packers can eat a dick. <laughs> and I wish nothing but bad things for them on the field. Those sons of bitches might sneak into the end. They I might. And it's just it. not fair. It's just it. not fair. Exactly. They're finally like, yes, they're going to say, oh, are you kidding Last week, whenever or two weeks ago, when everything broke right for them, and suddenly, yeah, they have the inside lane out of nowhere, and you're like, "Oh man, how did these teams not fucking put this away?" I'm sick yeah. of this. Yeah, the the Dolphins. I mean, if Tua doesn't have that concussion, there's no way they don't win that game. There's no way they don't win that game. More than likely, yeah. Because throwing those three interceptions the way he did, I mean, those were such blatant interceptions. It almost. You, you wouldn't be faulted for thinking that Tua had money on the game against himself. They were such terrible interceptions. And then when you find out about the concussion, like, oh, my God, uh, what the fuck? So it worked out. But then, I mean, so many people thought that Minnesota was going to kill the Packers. You know, you're insane. Yeah, it's no, that's... Green Bay and it's Kirk Cousins. You're insane. They're yeah, not 100%. Gonna, yeah. And no Whereas I believe the Lions yes. could actually do it. They're frisky. I like the Lions. They they're, are. They're, they're not going to back down because that guy, Dan Campbell. I, yeah, I believe in the Lions more than I yeah. do Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Minnesota's, it's it's a lot of magic that they're, yeah. you know, one-score games, they've all gone Minnesota's way this year. It's every a lot of sleight of hand, man. They're going to get killed in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, Something's going to stomp them. Unless, yeah, unless this is just their magic year, but it's, they have to come from behind and they keep, pulling these, you know, wins yeah. out of the jaws of defeat over and over and over again. There's something to be said for that, but considering you keep putting yourself in that situation, it's kind of a testament to apparently you only care if you had the screws, you know, against you. Right, right. Uh, so, it didn't work against the Packers, though. But, no. yeah, against good teams, it doesn't work against great yeah. teams. I just, I fear believing in Jared Goff. <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> That's the problem there. That's a fair point. But I, I Detroit fans... As much of I as I have uh, uh, lambasted you in the past, because we are, you know, You're right. adversaries. You're right. Uh, I am a Detroit fan this weekend. <laughs> I really hope. Yeah. Although, would you be shocked if Rogers walked out on the field and was burning sage a la Kyrie before the game? <laughs> I, at this I point, put, I put nothing, nothing past Aaron Rodgers There's at nothing. all. For exactly. Game. Yeah. Comes out afterwards and be like, "Dude, he reeked like patchouli." <laughs> just covered in it. It got on the ball. It was fucking gross. I just think it's crazy that we could have Brady versus Rogers after the shitty fucking years they've had, that there's still a possibility. Those two assholes are going to meet themselves and the, meet each other in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Crazy. But both their teams suck, especially Tampa Bay. That oh, team is terrible. Yes. Tampa's horrible, man. Yeah. Yeah. Tom went into the time machine in that game against the Panthers for God's sakes, but we shall see. Uh, it's crazy. the Panthers, man. The All AFC the promise. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the AFC's wildly interesting. I think I, I can't figure it out. Like I don't know. The Chargers are coming on now all of a sudden again, and with Buffalo, if they rally around Hamlin's injury to motivate them to do something great, that's going to be a great story. But then again, that injury could absolutely mess them up emotionally mm -hmm. to the point where they don't 
reach their promise uh, because that's totally understandable if someone almost one of your players almost die on the field so who knows what's gonna happen cincinnati is coming on themselves kc still kicking ass so who knows what's gonna happen in the afc i think that's much more yeah. exciting than the nfc yeah the afc is interesting yeah um, all right, let's jump into the show here. Sorry for the uh, sports diatribe. I always like to hear what Matt knows thinks about these things. Um, oh yeah. As Matt said, it's top 10 movies that are set on a plane. Uh, we both agreed that it had to focus on a plane. It doesn't mean the whole movie's on a plane, but certainly a majority no. of the movie the, I, is, which is, you know, a lot of the movies on. The plane. Yeah. You're trying to, it's, it's about fucking plane uh, as opposed to the trailer that we saw. seems like they're on the plane yeah. very early and then they're on the ground. That, which I uh, yeah I didn't know how to come up with a topic for that so we went with yeah, movies it doesn't uh, uh, so we're just like, like I don't know we we needed to be able to associate plane kind yes. of first yes agree with the movie um all right so uh, Matt uh, do you want to tell me how the show works or shall we just jump into it uh, once we set a topic we go our individual ways create personal top ten list show back up here I do my bottom three he does his bottom two I three I do my next two he does his next two then we trade one a piece once we have revealed our personal top ten list we create the shows between the two of us boom um, all right where are we going so uh, at ten yes I have just an absolute classic we'll just say that classic okay which is Passenger 57. <laughs> Dude. Always bet on black. Baby. Always bet on black, baby. Always. It's like this. I believe this is the first one where Wesley is like, listen, I've taken a lot of martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> you guys need to see this shit. He might have shown flashes of it and other stuff, but I, in my memory, this is the first yeah. one was like, does he do martial arts? <laughs> and when you go back and watch it, it's funny now watching from the perspective of we've gotten so used to these stunt coordinated fights yeah. that are flawless and they're so quick and guys are zipping about and whatnot. Yeah. And this is the precursor to that where, uh, cause I went back and watched just a couple of clips just cause I wanted to see him do oh, some sure. of the fighting scenes. Those are fun. And there's one where he does like a spin and he does that, uh, that MMA where you blindly kind of throw the elbow Oh yeah, yeah as you're yeah, spinning. Yeah. But there's like a slight hesitation. Whereas in today's, you know, uh, uh, stunt world it would have just been a full spin into elbow flawless right so it's slightly more i guess maybe realistic and like there was he spins and there's a little bit of a hesitation as he cocks the elbow and slaps yeah. it into the back of his head <laughs> but yeah uh it's like a generic hans gruber yeah is the villain and they take over the plane and i like it because they easily could have put in all the arnold schwarzenegger-esque bad pun lines. oh totally yeah, the always bet on black is the only real one. That's a good one. It is a good one. It stuck with me for years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there were numerous opportunities hmm. where they could have just been like, yeah, you know, uh, whatever the fuck, have a nice day. Or when he throws the guy, he kicks the guy out the, the plane at the end, some stupid snarky line there. Yeah. Or he, you know, there's innumerable opportunities that they don't, exploit and i appreciate that about the film um if you like wesley snipes and action films and you've never seen it i highly recommend yeah listen to this cast ladies and gentlemen wesley snipes tom sizemore bruce greenwood elizabeth yeah. early a very young elizabeth early that's a good cast of people yeah that is a good cast of people um but if yeah. you're if you're looking for like a good film this ain't it <laughs> <laughs> it's not 
but it is if you like action and you're fine with you know a bad movie but it's got some good action and it's yeah. it's set on a plane i highly recommend I, I remember seeing that one. And listen, there was a time, ladies and gentlemen, where studios were creating vehicles for Wesley Snipes. There was oh, yeah. a time. I mean, I, and not those like side studios or smaller in and all. Like studios were legitimately trying to U.S. Marshals, man. That was huge. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we're, that coming out. Yeah. yeah we're we're going to do a follow-up to The Fugitive, which is a, a big hit. All right. U.S. Marshals. Yeah. Yes. We're going to bring back Tommy Lee Jones, who we're going to have star opposite Wesley yeah. Snipes. Like, all right. Yeah, he started to get a push into those more mainstream. Passenger 57 was a vehicle because he had Rising Sun with Sean Connery. Right. Which was a Michael Crichton book. Yeah. yeah. Which is a good movie. It is a good movie. Um, but the standalones, this like outside of smaller budget stuff like New Jack City, this was yeah. a slightly larger budget yeah. standalone. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a good one. The weird thing is, after going back and watching, you can clearly tell that this is just shot on a soundstage. Oh, yeah, man, dude. <laughs> well, when they go up to the cockpit, I was like, that that whole facade of the cockpit is yeah. unlike any plane I've ever seen. And I've, I like you, like anybody our age, flown a lot of times. I've yes. never seen the door to the cockpit <laughs> look like that. And it just looks like this wall that they fabricated and they built a door into it. Like, all right, um, this is clearly on a soundstage, but okay. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. All right, so then what's your nine? Uh, my nine is going to be the word punt from you. Oh. Which is Air Force One. That is a punt. Jesus Christ. All yeah. right. What's your eight? Uh, my eight is Sully. Okay. Uh, that's my, yeah, that's my 10. Go ahead. Um, so you watched it, finally. I did, Finally. It's an easy watch, Matt. Yeah, it's, it's a not, solid I, movie. Yeah, it's a solid movie. It's not spectacular, but good performance. And I watched it after I went to go see A Man Called Otto because I really enjoyed Tom Hanks in that movie. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Why have I been resisting this film for so long? Let's see what he does with his character and whatever. Do I think they trumped up certain issues? Yes, but... What, with the board? Yeah, TSA uh, or whatever it is. We got to bring you in front of the board and have these questions. And I'm like, there's no way they fucking did that. But that being said, you got to create drama in a movie. Yeah. And so I understand why they did it, even though I could see through it. But I thought he did a nice job. Him and Eckhart have good chemistry. Laura Linney was good as his wife. Like, I just, yeah, I thought it was a good film. Not a great film, but a good film. Look. That was utter bullshit. He did that, and the entire country went, that dude is a hero. Yeah. Absolutely. Instantly. We all went, that dude is a hero. Yeah. So to, to say that the Federal uh, Aviation Safety Bureau, whatever that the hell it is, yeah, sat there and were like, look, in the simulation, they can do this. And you're like, you're removing the human factor in this. Yeah. And then when Tom Hanks is like, well, how many simulations did they run before we see this flawless one? And they're like 73 or what? It's just a ridiculous number. It's yeah. not that high, but it's probably like, you know, 18 or 20 or something. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole room is like, Oh, you can hear cameras. <laughs> people like furiously writing on notepads, steno pads and all that jazz and be like, I, I don't recall ever hearing about any of this. Yeah. No, neither did I. That's why yeah. I was like, wait, what? 
I don't remember any of this. Yeah, but like you, I, I was like, well, they got to create drama in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do like the telling it from uh, at different points and from different perspectives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a solid. What is it? It's like ninety minutes. Hundred. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an easy in and out film. Yeah. It, there's no uh, Clint doesn't waste any time with that movie. Like he's yeah. like. Let's get in. Let's tell the story. Let's bring some drama up. He overcomes the drama. Let's roll on out of here. You don't need to have more. You don't need to have more. Not for this story. No. He goes up, bird flies into engine. Yeah. He lands in the Hudson. There's not much more beyond that to the story. It's under a minute or whatever, the whole flight or something. It was only a few minutes, rather, whatever it was. It wasn't that long. It's not that long. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they show from the perspective of, I don't know, I think that was like a helicopter tour. And they had this right. two tourists, and you see this big plane flying right in front of you, much lower than it ever should be. That'd be crazy. Oh, yeah. I'd be freaking uh, out. Especially post 9-11. Oh, yeah. Good point. Right, right, right. Yeah, in New York, like all of it wrapped into one. But uh, it's a solid movie. I think it's really yeah. good. Yep, yeah, I agree. Because, you know, Clint. Clint can direct these kinds of movies, man. They're just in his wheelhouse. Uh, they're really not that much effort for him to do it and just delivers a solid product, you know, and does it always work out? Is it always that well received? No, but for something like this, I think he knew exactly what he needed to do and he didn't want to waste the audience's time by adding another extra half an hour of drama or whatever. Yeah. To it. You know, 90 minutes. Or more backstory. Yeah. yeah. So smart. Uh, um, okay. So that was my tenure eight. Mm-hmm. So my nine is nonstop, the Liam Neeson one. I did not see that. No. So you're telling me that was decent? I loved it. I think it's good. Joan Collett Sarah directed it, who did Jungle Cruise, and I liked Jungle Cruise. Um, I didn't like Black Adam, so let that, but I think that's more something else. Um, and I like him as a director. I think he because he did The Shallows as well, the one with um, mm-hmm. Blake Lively and the Shark, which I really liked. So. I like his instincts as a director and I enjoy I, as, as far as Liam Neeson vehicles go, this is some of the, this is one of the good ones and uh, him with Julianne Moore, Scoot McNary. It's all, it's connected to nine 11. Um, and he's this air marshal who's being framed for possibly planting a bomb on the plane. So I was like, Oh, this is great. I love this. And the way it goes about with the drama and the twistings and the, the twists and turns. And then you're questioning who's, on his side who isn't on his side because julianne moore is where you're like where 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 does she land on this scoop mcnary who i think is his um assistant on it is the other air marshal or the other air marshal on the plane where's his allegiance lie stuff happens with the pilot there's another guy there's a a couple of people that get framed as possibly being a part of the plot so it's all this is happening on a fucking plane the whole time so i thought it was good and liam does a really nice job just commanding the uh the scenes as he goes along through all of this. And then when the plane, the passengers turn on him. So there's a, there's a lot to explore that I thought was well done when it comes to a Liam Neeson vehicle. You know? so. Yeah. I, I just, I think the last one I saw before that was black ice. I think that was what it was called. Oh God. Or no, it was a cold pursuit. Cold pursuit. Yes. Cold pursuit. I think you dubbed it black ice on our I show. Saw something ridiculous. Uh, and it's like, oh, it's, uh, <laughs> Liam's starting to get into this weird, I guess, saying yes to any action film because they just throw $7 million at him and yeah, yeah. he's only got to shoot for who knows how long. I still, though, if someone came and was like, this one's good, I would go watch it. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm telling so you. He hasn't lost me entirely. So, okay, yeah. nonstop. All right, maybe. Yeah, give it a shot. What's the other one that's out? Memory, the one that's on um, oh, Amazon I Prime. Memory? I haven't watched that one. I haven't watched that one yet. Just call it Memory and Plane, a double feature for you. Um, so I haven't seen that one yet. Um, all right. So, yeah, I recommend it if you guys want to see it. It's good stuff and some good actors. Uh, um, it's cool. And, uh, number eight um, is Executive Action. Remember this one? Kurt executive Russell, executive decision. Oh, sorry, sorry. Executive decision. Sorry, executive decision. Oh, what did I? What did I, I thought about it. It was like that or Passenger Fifty Seven. <laughs> uh, Please, turbulence was in contention for my list. Like it was back and forth, turbulence uh, because I love that cheesy Ray Liotta, Lauren Hawley film. Um, uh, but this one, I just think is a better made film, and it's you know the fact that you kill off Steven Seagal in the first few minutes of the movie, which was a real surprise. And then it's Kurt Russell's film and they're trying to, you know, uh, stop these terrorists on the plane. Uh, and Halle Berry uh, does a nice job in the film as well. So I was just really surprised at how much this film works. And I, like you, I went back and watched some scenes on YouTube. And I was like, well, this thing's still solid. This thing still works. I, I liked it. I came damn close, but I was like, ah, hmm. passenger 57. They're kind of the same to me. Plus I already had air force one. So. Wait, dude, Wait a minute. They're not in the same conversation. Airplane well, yeah, a but little it's, bit better. What'd you say? It's right. They're, they're in the ballpark of okay. being the same movie. Yeah. So I was like, well, one is better than the other. Yes. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the one that I we've already punted on, but I oh, do like what? it more than Executive Decision. But Executive Decision is a solid movie. That is a solid movie. Yeah, Kurt Russell, Halle Berry, John Leguizamo, Oliver Platt, Joe Morton, Steven Seagal, as I mentioned, B.D. Wong, um, and a Marla Maples sighting uh, in the film. Yeah, as that's well. a weird cast. <laughs> it's a weird cast. This is Kurt at his one of his low points. It is. This, like this, Soldier. Oh, Soldier was not good. God uh, damn it's, it. It's just, it's so drawn out. And I, I wanted to like it. It's Me an interesting too, premise. Yeah, because I like Jason Lee coming out of the dragon movie so i thought sure. these two guys this looks like a great premise and then it was not good <laughs> well just him I, trying to find his humanity and salvation in this this what uh, kind of refugees or former yeah. colonists that are now kind of fending for themselves and yeah i don't know i just didn't buy into that part of the story well, I mean, for executive decision, it made $122 million off a $55 million budget. So not too shabby. Yeah, not not too bad at all. I'd say. Um, all right. So what's your uh, what's your seven, brother? Uh my seven is fly away home. Oh wow. Oh, please go ahead. Have you seen it? No. I didn't even think about this one for it's the one about the the geese. Yeah, yeah right. With the young Anna Paquin has to fly and be there. The front of the flying V right. to lead them home, and Jeff Daniels plays her dad, whatnot. But I think it's based on a true story. Yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice heartfelt. You know, you yeah. want to watch something that's going to make you feel good, and say, you know what? Not all of humanity are terrible shitbags. <laughs> here's here's an example of someone giving of themselves <laughs> to help something that's never going to be able to properly thank it. Honey, put, a, put on Fly Away Home. I'm feeling pretty shitty about the world. Yeah, just it's, it's one of those. It's, you know, 
it's a nice you'll have a smile on your face and your heart will be warmed oh. by the end of it yeah. it's a oh. solid movie plus we have never talked about fly away home we have never talked about fly away home i hadn't thought about it until looking up movies for this list and i was like oh yeah fly away home i mean tech, plane is a bit of a stretch for the nomenclature it's a it's a, it's a flying, flying vehicle. vehicle yeah it's a flying vehicle um so in that regard yeah if you want to you know bust my chops i don't know what the proper definition of a plane is this clearly is not it though but i was like yeah i think it fits the spirit yeah. of what we're talking about I'm not going to fault you for putting it on. Plus, she's up in the air for the majority of the film. Yeah. As opposed to other ones that I could have thrown on here, like, say, a Die Hard 2. And be like, well, you know. Oh, my God. His wife and Atherton are up on that one plane, and the British people that die are on the other, and then they take off on the other plane. Be like, yeah, that's stretching, I think, what we're trying to go for here. I thought for sure you were going to put it on your list. I Did I write it down as a potential? Because just as you're doing the this one sure. and this one and this one to have all the potential options. Sure. If it was a... If my list had come up much shorter, there was no passenger fifty sevens and executive decisions right. and shit like that. Then yeah, yeah, I would have snuck on at like ten, and I knew I'd be lying. Uh, but I don't have to worry about that. I have a full list; it's fine. I have one that uh, later on that may stretch. Okay, but enough. you'll understand why. I think it's I think it qualifies personally. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I wish I could have more to add, but I never saw it, and um, I thought it was. Uh, Sam Watterson, but that I think that's Radio Flyer, and this is. I think you're right, Jeff Daniels. This no, is, this is 100 Jeff Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a young Anna Paquin, post piano, yeah. but before she got into more adult roles, I think probably like preteen to thirteen ish, yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, and I think Dana Delaney's in this one as her mom. If Seems I like a Dana Delaney esque role. I'd have to look right. it up to be perfectly honest. I just remember the two of them. Yeah. Who's, I think she's doing a nice job on Tulsa King. I don't know if you're watching Tulsa King, but uh, she's doing good work on that show. Uh, I, I've heard mixed things. What? No, don't let anybody tell you it's not good. Yeah, I heard mixed things from Stallone fans. Whoa. So that to me, I was like, all right, well, then I'm out. All right. Are they really fans? No, I don't know. Like According it. to them, yeah. did I see them post something about some Rocky DVD they got? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I did. Don't listen to JT. Do not listen to JT. He was one of several people that I know that are Stallone fans that are like, I'm out on Tulsa King. And I was like, whoa, really? JT was one. He was the first one that I saw him out. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, teach their own. And then I saw a couple others and uh, talked to one in person. It just turned a corner. It got real good. Um, All right. So that was your six or your seven? My seven. Okay. What's your six, bud? Uh, my six is flight. Oh, a uh, punt, a slight okay. punt. I didn't know if this would count. It's a, there's a oh, lot on the. Okay. I think it counts because so many of the flashbacks are on the plane, you know, I think True. if Sully counts, which was a, what a 46 second flight. I think this counts. Yeah. But they spend more time reliving the flight from different True. people's perspectives. So you see the plane a lot more than you see from their perspectives and then different, you know, individuals and yeah. Yeah. Flight is from his. Um, all right, so then my number seven is uh, Red Eye. I hadn't seen that, the McAdams, oh. Killian Murphy. Yeah, man, it's really good. Um, yeah, McAdams is like this uh, concierge at a hotel. She leaves to go see her father, and a 
apparently her father is in is a um what do you call it? Not secret service. What do you call it? Like uh, military intelligence or whatever. He's just involved. Okay. He's done stuff in uh, overseas. NSA so Killian, or I don't know what I, it, it doesn't call those things. Like the why can't spooks? I think yeah, I think so. Spook of some kind. Yeah, basically that. Yeah, like an intelligence guy. Yeah, exactly. And so Killian Murphy um, is connected to something that he did. Uh, this guy, her dad, and her dad's played by Brian Cox. Um, Good and so. And Jayma Mays is the one who is standing in for her as the concierge at the hotel. So she gets on the plane and this guy is, uh, Killian Murphy is on the plane and initially just introduces himself and he's kind of sweet and nice to her and they establish a relationship and then he makes the turn. And when he makes the turn, you find out that he's got this whole thing set up to uh, kill her father and to blow up the hotel. Uh, and so they have to, she has to figure out, Rachel McAdams does, has to figure out how to outwit him and how to fight him both at her home and help J- and get help Jama Mays help to fend off what's going on at the hotel. So it's it's actually a really fun film, and McAdams is great in it. So that you know that she should have she should be leading more films, but never been the person to necessarily be the one to do that uh, for too long. And uh, and Wes Craven directed it, which I was really surprised yeah. uh, when I was uh, watching it after it was over. I was like, oh, this is a really well done film um so yeah, i mean like <laughs> shot you know, across the bow of all west craven movies people get mad at me about that kind you of don't stuff. like scream i like scream i think scream's fine i'm not a big scream fan yeah, and me I think, either but i think the first one's good yeah and i think nightmare on elm street is dated but it's fine um but i've never been the biggest and i respect wes but i've never been the biggest you know gotta see a west craven film guy uh but i thought he did a nice job with this one uh so i really enjoyed seeing it it was good action the ratcheting up of the tension as it goes along, the stuff with Brian Cox is super interesting. And uh, she's, and certainly Rachel taking a bunch of bumps throughout the movie and some brutal back and forth with Killian and Killian doing nice work. You know, this is Killian Murphy around that time where people getting to know him mm-hmm. um, and him doing nice work as this guy who is constantly uh, being thwarted as he's trying to carry out this mission. Um, and it get, it gets, he deals with more and more physical maladies as the film goes along uh, that I think works so well. So yeah, it's, it's a good one. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend taking it. I don't think it's that long. It's like an hour and 40, hour and 50. It's not that long. Um, all right. So that's my number seven. And since you haven't seen it, I imagine you don't have much to say. About I don't it. have yeah. it. Uh, but he is a guy where I've seen a lot of his filmography. Oh, Killian or Brian Cox? Killian. Oh, okay. Fair. So I'm kind of surprised I never end up watching this. But if you throw a dart at his IMDb page, mm-hmm. I bet you I've seen it. Oh, fair, fair. Yeah. After 28 days later, I was like, I like this guy. So yeah. just anytime he pop up in something, I'd end up watching it. Yeah. Your when the chicks, the barley, your, Oh yeah, that's good. Sunshine. Your, you know, whatever the smaller film is. I'm like, Hey, it's got him. I like him. Yeah. yeah. What was the most? Oh yeah. Peaky. Of course. Peaky fucking blinders. Yeah. I bailed. Oh my God. I watched the first either three or four seasons. I oh, think I he is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not care for the vast majority of the rest of the cast. <laughs> I think his brother's pretty good. Arthur? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah he's good. The older brother? Yeah, he's yeah, good because yeah, he plays that, you know, he's got all the troubles and whatnot. And I believe yes, yes. the backstory that he created for that character, I really feel like it's lived in and honest and real. Yeah. And I like their aunt slash she almost seems like a sister who's yeah, unfortunately passed away. Yeah, yeah. 
I thought she was great. I thought a lot of his brothers were <laughs> marginal. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and anytime the stories would go to focus on them, I'm like, let's just shift this back to the two main brothers, guys. <laughs> what are we doing here? I watched um Gennetti's, Gary Gennetti's uh The Prince, that uh animated series on HBO Max and I thought it was great. I know some people were mad about it and offended by them making fun. Oh, God, we're so sensitive in this fucking country. Um, and uh, when I found out that it was the actor who plays Arthur voicing over one of Kate and William's kids, I was losing it every time he mm. came on because he kept the voice. So you're just like, how is he got that gravelly voice? Yeah, I haven't watched that. I saw the picture on HBO Max, but I didn't watch it. It's funny. And they're all like, what, 12 minute episodes? It's not that long. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And it takes down right. the entire royal family, and it takes down Meghan and Harry. It's fine. Like, no one escapes, uh, which I think is great. It's fair across the board. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, so that was your six. Oh, that was my seven. Sorry. Red Eye. So then my six is uh, Con Air. So. All you, my man. I know. All you. List. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a great film. Simon West has directed a fantastic action film that feels just like Michael Bay. Nicholas Cage in a role he was born to play as Cameron Poe uh, <laughs> with that accent and that mullet and that uh, that shirt of his, that undershirt of his, just so perfect. Uh, you're trying to get back to his daughter and to Monica Potter, who plays his wife. Um, and a great cast. I mean, John Leguizamo. I'm oh, sorry. No, no. An incredible John, cast. John Malkovich, Ving Rhames, Rachel John Tickinson, Cusack. John Cusack. Yeah. Colmini. Colmini. Yeah. Um, a bunch of people involved in this one. That's a lot of fun to see. Dan MC Ganey, who ends up flying the plane into Vegas. Yeah. Um, and just the way it all goes down. Oh, Trejo, of course. Danny yeah, Trejo. Trejo. Is Fincher in this? David Fincher? Fincher? I don't know. Uh, Finch, the... Uh, uh, Ah, what is his fucking name? He was in Heat and Dark Knight and Wayne Grow. Do you mean Wayne Grow? Yeah. No, no, no. no. Uh, well, I'll look it up. Okay. <laughs> anyway, just a fun film that I really just enjoy going back to watch. I'll tell you this: I choose this over The Rock. I know some people think I'm crazy, but I will put you're Con out of your Air fucking mind. You're out, out of your fucking mind. I'll put Con Air on over The Rock. Fickner, that's who it is. Oh, William Fickner. Yeah, 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 he's great. I love Fickner. Um. But yeah, all of it, the way it goes down. Oh, yeah, and Buscemi, who plays a serial Yeah, Buscemi, killer. the serial killer psycho. Yeah, so I just really love the film. It's so much fun. It's a turn your brain off, have a fun time. 90s action film and all that that implies. And so... Yeah, and if you I, want that, watch The Rock, because it's the best. <laughs> yeah, sometimes a little bit. Oh, Con Air is so terrible. It's so terrible. <laughs> oh, you're so insane. Anyway... It's like the worst of Bruckheimer and the worst of Bay had a baby and we got Conair. Oh, your camera froze. Or maybe that's on my end. Oh, there we go. We're fine. We're fine now. All right. You're still frozen. Oh, there we go. Now you're back. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. It's no. the rain and everything that's going yeah. on. I think it's affecting internet. I'm all for Cage going over the top. Come I'm on. All for it. Put the bunny down, man. Put the bunny down. Like that, uh, that Renfro trailer did i watch that yes. oh renfield right oh, yeah, renfield, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah yeah uh did you watch too it? much football in the brain <laughs> i watched it because i knew it wasn't going to spoil a damn thing so i didn't care right um and i'm like yep it's a part nick cage was born to play yeah yeah can't wait i i would have done a reaction to it 
earlier, but I've got a full recording day, so uh, I didn't get a chance to react to the trailer yet, but maybe later tonight I'll do something. Uh, but I can't wait. I, I love Cage in these kinds of films, so I enjoyed it in Con Air. He's so good, and the story they're telling is really good. I mean, he's just trying to get back to his to his girl, you know? Yeah, but... All these weird villains he's got to overcome. These he's got to register these two deadly weapons that he carries with him at all times, baby. Fucking ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. <laughs> and it was, oh, yeah, and Chappelle has a fun little character. Chappelle's got a yeah, small part in it. Gets tossed out the plane. Oh, my God. Um, so good stuff, good stuff. Um, all right, so should we take a break here, Matt? Uh, sure. Yeah. Take a quick break. Hear this word from our sponsors. We'll be right back after this. All right, there we have it. Now we're getting into our top fives. Mm-hmm. Um, at number five, I yes. have. Here's the one where I'm like, eh, eh, eh. okay, uh, the right stuff. Oh, can I tell you something? What's that? That's a bunt. That's a bunt. Okay, I honestly yeah. originally when I made my list, it was two. No, yeah, well. All right, look, I am fine with readjusting my list and put it because I was like, ah, and even with the, I'm not sure if this counts, I put it at five. All right, it's going yeah. back to two. Okay. Okay. So that's my number two. All right, fair enough. So um, my five wow. now becomes. What's your five? Uh, Memphis Bell. Oh, okay. Go ahead, man. Knock yourself out. Um, It almost made my list. It was like 11 or 12 on my list. Sure, but you got to, you got to squeeze on executive wow. decision. You know what I mean? That's got to make I, this list. I just think Memphis Bell is kind of cheesy, so that's why I, I, I like the I like the. You, you know. just talked about your love for Con Air for Christ's sakes, and you're no, like, ah, this man, other movie's too cheesy. That's manly cheesy, not Norman Rockwell cheesy. There's a difference. This is based, uh, I believe, it's based on a true story. It is. It is based on a true story. It's a crazy fucking story. <laughs> Can you imagine getting into a bomber? Yeah. 20 some odd times you have to fly it's like 24 25 missions and then finally you get to retire from it and yeah. nobody's made it and you're finally on you're the precipice 20. you're at your last mission and you barely make it home it's, it's crazy i couldn't Ooh. imagine having to do that or the the sean Aston job of you're in the ball turret on the bottom of this yeah have fun yeah okay this that is brutal when it gets shot out and then they have to open the hatch to see him and he's just dangling on by his safety harness mm-hmm. to get the fuck out of here. Uh, that movie's good. That movie's- I didn't say it's not good. I told you it was close. You, uh, you said it was cheesy. It is cheesy. That doesn't mean it's not good. Oh, I, I, but the way you said cheesy was implying it's a cheese. Basically, you're more a Gouda man and this is Brie and you turn your <laughs> nose up at Brie. It's more like craft singles this is oh how dare you just talked about con air the craftiest of all movies that is pure cheese product in quotes on the front no, 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 you're not wrong movie. you're not wrong con air is what i put on my taco bell nachos you're absolutely exactly right. something that is a dairy product and can't call itself cheese only right, only by only by a slight connection. Uh, is it a dairy? Product? We're gonna find out years later that the orange number seven they used in it actually causes men, <laughs> they, you know, infertility in men if they eat it for oh, long no. enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. How dare you? I how apologize. dare you? I apologize. 
it's just like let's do the right thing guys you know it i i get sometimes yeah there's a lot of that rah rah which there is that's what i'm getting at that's where it gets a little too yeah tense. but it's the only war you can really think of outside of like something like a, uh, mm. the revolutionary war or potentially the civil war but by comparison to most any modern war where you have a distinct good guys and bad guys. No, World you're War absolutely One, right. Yeah, yeah World War One is a muddy. Yeah, you have to understand the motivations for how we even got there. Yeah, uh, and in Vietnam or Korea or whatever, all these others are just like, dude. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, and the polarity of the situations hazy at best. Uh, so we have a film which is like right versus wrong. Right wins. So occasionally we're going to make movies where it is rah-rah because we're going to celebrate the fact that we were the victors on the side of everybody agrees was good. Yeah. Save for some assholes who still think the good guys lost. <laughs> I don't. I don't. To each, to each their own, except on this issue. Fuck off. Yeah. 100%. 100% yeah. what Matt said. You're wrong. I'm so happy you lost. It's not even funny. The Yeah world would be a terrible place had it gone the other way uh so yeah rah-rah i think is justified and given the nature of the story and what they had to overcome and it's based on a true story yeah rah-rah all the way man i'll be there with fucking pom-poms and my short skirt and i'm i'm gonna cheer it up for these guys go kill them get those crowds wreck them rock them go go um i'm sorry did you grow up in a 50s high school wreck them rock them go go (laughs) no i was doing the what what's his face does in um, Robin Williams in, in Aladdin when he when he has this little cheerleader moment, which I think is hilarious. Oh, I don't even remember that line. Okay. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's when Jafar is like uh, fighting him at the end, fighting. Um, oh God, why can't I remember his name? Aladdin. Duh, it's a fucking name of the movie. It's anyway, funny. when he's fighting Aladdin near the end, when Jafar has uh, uh, done the thing with the genie, he's controlled the genie. Uh, Aladdin shows up to fight him, and um, genie turns into this cheerleader going, "Rick and Rock and Rah Rah Rah," and then. Yeah, I remember the scene which you're talking about yeah. and him turning into a cheerleader. Yeah. I couldn't have told you what he said for oh, okay, fair enough. A billion dollars <laughs> for all the money that Musk has lost in the past two weeks. Hey, I couldn't tell you any of it. Yeah, good cast here: Matthew Modine, Eric Stoltz, DB Sweeney, Tate Donovan, Billy yeah. Zink. This is the creme de la creme of the standard white dude. Well, that was going and also the. Then. None of you can really lead a film outside of Matt Modine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, Sean asked, did Harry Connick get in his first oh, yeah. shot? Connick, that's right. Um, And then one random dude. You have yeah. all these others that you can name in there and you've seen a million times. And then one dude where you're like, I don't, I, I'd have to really hunt to see if I've, or, you know, seen yeah. anything else you've been in, which is so strange. Right. Cause I mean, there's the redheaded guy who has played like um, good and bad guys all through the eighties. And then there's Reed diamond. Who's the blonde dude from rescue me. He, I think he's the other guy on the, on the plane with them as well. So, yeah, but yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to fault you for, obviously for liking it. Cause I said, it's almost made my list. And I was like, eh, but how many times am I really going to put that on? So, um, all right. So my number five is uh, airplane. That's a punt. Okay. Your four? Uh, my four is, you know what? I watched it for this show. Ooh. 
Um, it's something you brought up in the past, and I told you I didn't want to watch. Okay. Which is United 93. Ah. That's a punt. Fair. Okay. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on it. So, um, my number four is Air Force One, which is the punt from earlier. Okay. Uh, we've, I think we've talked about this film many times on the show. Is there anything we haven't talked about the show? I mean, I've got it all the way near the bottom and by near the bottom, I mean, second from last on my list. So your hatred for America is really, I just had Memphis bell and you're like, you know what? I don't, I don't like the stories where we kick that America doesn't exist anymore. This is the real America air force one, man. President, a president beating terrorists on Air Force One is a real America. All right, that's America. God damn it! Somebody's been reading too much Trump fan fiction. (laughs) Not I. Not I. Um, I'm just saying. I can't imagine another president having anything like that written about them. Obama would totally kick ass on a fucking plane. Please would. Yes, have something like this made in their honor. Yeah, only T Rump. Oh, right. You know, fabricate. Oh, right. Fair yeah. Enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think it's like, it's like Obama, Kennedy, and maybe one or two. I imagine Andrew Jackson wouldn't fuck around with terrorists on his plane. No. Um, but yeah, but he'd challenge him to a duel. He would, a duel right there in the middle of the thing and not care who died. Um, but anyway, I digress. Wolfgang Peterson, fantastic film. Love Harrison Ford in this movie. Uh, love Dean Stockwell being a total sleazeball. Uh, Glenn Close is really fun. And of course, Gary Oldman, uh, who has done numerous uh, villains uh, associated with uh, Eastern European countries over the last uh, few decades of his career. So mm-hmm. I think he does a really nice job here. Um, and of course, Jürgen Prock now getting a silent role as the guy they're trying to break out. So. Um, but yeah, we watched it recently. We did a watch along on the cinephiles for it for our patrons, and it was a lot of fun to revisit this one. But you know, there are some uh story structure issues, but overall, I think it's a lot of fun. I like it. So, there you go. That's my thoughts on it, Matt. Fair, all fair. I think it's an enjoyable movie, it's a solid action film. Yeah, and of the president is on Air Force One and has to fight people. It's the better of the two between that and executive decision. Oh, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's I ranked it accordingly. I ranked it accordingly. So, yeah, I just I didn't create space on my list for two of those movies. (laughs) That's all. Just got to take the shots, man. You got to take the shots. I swear to you. I I let you have the right stuff, but no, no. Um, Let me. You have it as well. So there's no let me. You agree with me is what you mean to say. Speaking of Gary Oldman, um, we uh, we powered through Slow Horses on Apple TV. Did you do both seasons? Yeah, we did He's it. He's awesome. Four days. It is good. I yeah. really liked it. I, I was surprised. Yeah, I mean, I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like Kristen Scott Thomas. Oh yeah, she's great. I like the young guy lead, and then I like the uh, the older woman. That works in the office. Right, right, right. Yeah, Saskia Reeves. Saskia yeah, Reeves, yeah. Yeah, she's great. Um, I think you could... There's a few, like the the uh, the guy that sits at the computer. Yeah, yeah. Ho. I don't understand that character at all. Yeah, it's a weird character to have and what role they have to play. 
And then in the second season, when they bring in that other character to be in the office with him, you're wondering why would you take a role like this when you really don't do much in the whole yeah, season? And, yeah, the, the character itself is dull. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why would you take that role? Because you're a young actress and yeah. it's a part on a show with Gary Oldman. Yeah, Scott I guess Thomas. So. Yeah, 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 true. But yeah, the she, stuff between the two of them and then now her with the potential prime minister and all that, I think that's, I mean, fabulous. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, like, when he goes down into the records room and then the back and forth with that woman is like, I dude, I could take this all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some great sequences. There, yeah. Of course, yeah. Uh, it's just when they flash over to the other part of the cast, I'm like, uh, okay, can we just go back to Gary and like, all the basically established actors? Because I think they're just better at it. I like the black uh, woman in the office. I think she's great. And what they got to do in both seasons with her. So. I found her... The guy she's closest to in the office. Man, that. yeah, man, yeah. Uh, I found him charming. Yeah, yeah. Um, she grew on me over time. I think she's okay. And they okay. gave her more to do in this second season. Certainly, certainly, much more to do. Yeah, yeah. But so, still, I'm on the fence. Yeah. Well, I put it out. I think Matt and I can say if you guys haven't watched Slow Horses, give it a chance or give it a watch because Olbin is just fucking fantastic. Uh, he's fan. He's utterly fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And really good at like, he doesn't have to be involved in everything, which I, not a lot of male leads, even at his age, would agree to a sh- doing a show where they're not technically involved in some of the stuff at the end of the season. So I like it. Mm. Uh, all right. Where are we at? Uh, your three? My three? Where are we at? Uh, just, did, just did your four. Yeah, my three. Okay. Uh, which is uh, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, my God. I didn't even think to put that on this list. Ah, fuck. That changes everything. Oh. I think to put Top Gun or Top Gun Maverick. One I of just the thought two. those are fighter jets. So in my mind, I didn't even think about a plane plane. It's, like, that's a plane. Yeah, that's a plane. You're right. If that fucking seagull thing counts, so does Top Gun Maverick. Dude, you um, just fucking... <laughs> you're taking out your anger on yourself at my cultured nuanced and wide-ranging list all right I'm gonna you looked at your list and you're like hey you think you could melt that canned cheese on top of my block of velvet over here and just make a just, a, just a, uh, an orgasm of, of cheese bitch. product <laughs> son of a bitch all right uh maverick is uh what was that it's my number two now so okay let's I have a conversation three. let's have conversation. yeah I, I i prefer maverick yeah. over the first one yeah, uh, I'm not. I don't know how to answer that because I agree that it's a technically better film. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I'm ever going to make that decision before I go in the grave. To be honest with you, I just like them both so separately for different reasons. And I, 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 yeah, I, I, I'd be hard pressed. To but yet you put Top Gun Maverick on your yeah, list. Yeah, well, I think that's it's got more plain stuff. It, yeah, and it's also got more of an emotional arc for the characters. So I think that qualifies a little more. Not that, you know, Con Air has big emotional draws, but um, fuck, fuck. I didn't think to put this one on there. All right. Anyway, let's get into it. So, yeah, you have the right stuff, which is military adjacent. Yeah. And then you have the military and Air Force One plus executive decision plus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just interesting. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, Top Gun Maverick, I was expecting fun. Yeah. And it more than delivers on that. Yes. I do find it interesting that some people, upon walking out, like I saw tweets from people that saw it, you know, earlier than I did. I saw it opening night, but I went yeah. to the super late showings and they're like, greatest movie I've ever seen. I'm like, whoa, really? And then walking out of it, I was like, that was good. Greatest movie ever. That seems wildly, yeah, you know, exceeding what I think it, it should be considered for. But I do think it cleared the hurdle of why are we doing this 40 years later? Yes. Did the best job of fan service I think I've seen from a movie of this caliber mm-hmm. to where the stuff with the Val Kilmer dealing with his personal state and tying it into the story and be like, the cancer's come back. We don't need to discuss what the cancer is. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. he had it before, what it's progressed to the state of it, how long he's got. I don't need any of that. So that way, when we get introduced to the character and he's in a state and just be like, the cancer came back. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, yeah. Just I've, each time with the exception of one, each time they would do those fan service moments, I was like, that's perfect. Good mm-hmm. for you. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was a really damn good film. It's such an anomaly of a film for the reasons you point out, Matt. I mean, how many of these, um, projects, whether TV or film, uh, have been able to be successful revisiting these characters all these years later, right? It's kind of a rarity. Yeah. And this one is the top of the pile, um, because of how they're able to take a foundational film that a lot of people still love and enjoy and still discover that is like the beginning of the ascension of the movie star of Tom Cruise. But you could argue not that deep in terms of the character, in terms of the emotional journey, all of that. Mm-hmm. Certainly you feel it, you know, cause the dad stuff hangs over him so strongly through the first movie. And Tom does a nice job conveying those moments, you know, I think. And you took that and you went even deeper with this character and added layers and levels and moments. Um, like when he's looking through the window at, at Rooster playing the piano or when he's having those conversations with Penny Benjamin in the bedroom. Uh, and then even when, even later on in that scene with the bedroom, when he falls or jumps down onto the ground, trying to elude her daughter, seeing him, the look he gives her when she catches him and she says, just don't hurt her anymore. Like, just don't hurt her again. Like yeah. the, just that line and seeing his reaction of all the years of mistakes that he's made in the past, where he's kind of been a bit insensitive with people's feelings who cared about him all comes to play in that moment. And then he has to lead this mission and then he has to train these people. And then he has to go toe to toe with John Hamm. And then he has to kind of, come to this resolution with rooster by the end of the movie. So there's so much to enjoy here. Uh, and the journey that he is on as a character mm-hmm. combined with the incredible action sequences. And I think it's a bit of a fucking crime that no one is talking about nominating Joseph Kaczynski for best director. And I'm like, who do you think fucking made this happen? Who do you think Tom Cruise? Uh, well, sure. But he was the director. So in essence, this idea of getting this all right, finding the right take, knowing how to get your actor to where they need to get to, shooting all the stuff in the sky, 
like that's all incredible you know so i just think it's kind of unfair that he's not being talked about yet someone plants a camera in a room for a majority of the movie and it's like oh best director and it's like, come on there's you've got to it's not as easy to shoot all those sequences as people think people think it's populist so therefore it can't be technically great and it's like no there's really incredible work being done here and to be able to bring it back all these years later and knock it out of the park like this deserves much more respect for the director than it's getting in my opinion yeah i don't i don't disagree with you just uh people are going to give tom all the credit and plaudits so right right well to be fair tom has been the one out front yeah doing all the interviews doing all the it hasn't been kaczynski so uh, that's a fair point um, all right. So where are we going now? Uh, so my, well, your three, what's your three? Uh, my three is the right stuff, which is your two, okay. right? Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. my two. So we're flip-flopping on those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. Since it's higher on your list, go ahead, man. Um, it is the story of how we got to the Mercury and Apollo missions hmm. and how we, uh, hit upon the types of individuals that we would need for, those missions so we bring in all the pilots to determine whether or not who has the right stuff to be an astronaut and they have to go through the rigors of the weeding out process and then we narrow it down to these set of individuals are going to be the first ones into space and then ultimately the first people to you know step foot on the moon yeah um and then it's it's set against someone like chuck yeager who turned down the opportunity because he looked at it as you're not doing any flying. You're just strapped to the top of a rocket. Yeah. And you can get a monkey for that. You don't need me. And he was the most potentially heralded pilot yeah. uh, in the U S and, and so by that logic could be in the world. Yeah. Uh, was the fastest man alive for a while. And they've got that great when he goes up in the experimental plane. Yeah. When he's not even scheduled to go up. Shouldn't have access to the plane, <laughs> and he taxis out, and people are like, "You should be. You allowed to do this?" And basically, just like, "I'm going up," and they're like, yeah. "Well, he is Chuck Yeager, so I guess we'll just let him go up." <laughs> and he takes cutting edge military technology <laughs> to, up to to break the record. I mean, he's doing what it's designed for, but this isn't a day that they were setting out to do it. It's a different time in the U.S. Air Force. Yeah. Put it that way, uh, it hadn't been around for all that long. So the power dynamic was hmm, a little bit shifted more in the pilot's favor at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, but the journey of all these individuals of how they settle upon, obviously your, your Armstrongs and your Aldrin's, but then your, your Gus Grissom's of the world and all the other ones that their names aren't as remembered or recalled. Right. Not the same buzz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but all these, you know, the the various steps we had to do along the way, yeah, just to be able to get to the moon. Like, okay, we we need to do a spacewalk, just a spacewalk. Get up there and walk around. Get out of the the you know cockpit. Yeah. Boom, that's one. Okay, we need to do a docking mission where we just couple two things up there and just all the incremental things that you have to do and inevitably to get to something as monumental as stepping foot on another planetary body. Yeah. So if you're into any of that kind of stuff, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And uh, I rewatched it again earlier last year in 2022. And 
It's just a long movie. It's a three-hour movie. It took me a couple of days to finish it. Um, because I wanted to see, like, you know, because I love space stuff. So I'm like, okay, let's see what this is all about. And again, because it's been a bit and it holds up. And all these really great young actors, all these great actors at young ages, mm-hmm. you know, Dennis Quaid, Ed Harris, Sam Shepard, Barbara Hershey in there as well. Like it's it's so great to see all these actors being a part. I think Goldblum's in it too. Yeah, he's one of the scientists. Yeah, he's one of the scientists. Shows up. Uh, he's one of the recruiters. Oh, recruiters. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Is the other one? Uh, I was about to say it's Richard Schiff, but it's not. Uh, no. Fuck, who is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He showed, yeah, it's Goldblum and somebody else. Yeah. And the somebody else is... It's not Balaban, is it? Is it Bob Balaban? Could be. Yeah. It might be. I think it actually is him. So, a young Bob Balaban. Yeah, I mean, all oh, Scott Glenn, that's right. He plays Alan Shepard. There's so many fantastic actors throughout this whole thing. Fred Ward is Grissom. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it was fun. Lance Hendrickson is in this thing. A young Lance Hendrickson as well. So there's so much to enjoy in this one. And I, I was, uh, you know, when it comes to all these space documentaries, all these space shows, uh, this one is still the one that kind of sets the bar for people to enjoy. And a lot of, and, and there are a lot of plane sequences in the film and they're all pilots. So I think it does qualify for a conversation yeah. for sure. Oh no, it was Harry Shearer who was Harry the Shearer. That's right. Gun. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so it's okay, almost so, like Schiff meets Bob, <laughs> yeah, and they make Harry. Is. So between the two of us, we are, you know, little this, little that, boom, <laughs> Harry Shearer. Um, all right, so uh, what's our next uh, thing? Are we all the way to our number ones? I think we are, right? Uh, yeah, so mine is the punt from you, okay. which is air- Airplane. Okay. We're talking plane movies. This is the producers of Plane said this is a follow-up to Airplane. <laughs> we're resetting the mythology and we're not choosing airplane Two, the sequel. Oh, God forbid, which yeah, we're, we're cutting that out. It. Yeah. So this is like the natural progression of where we're going. Uh, I just, I, I think the humor still holds up exceptionally well. Yeah. And that's very difficult to do because people's, Comedic timing, jokes, subject matter, and all that stuff changes dramatically over time. Sure. So what passed for humor, like if you go back and listen to, I've owned a few different Lenny Bruce albums. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you go back and listen to them, if there's like a, at least for me, I had a general appreciation. Occasionally something might make me chuckle. Yeah. But it's not, the humor has evolved dramatically. So for something from that long ago, to still get a laugh out of me because the joke setup is so strong. It's so well constructed. Um, will people be offended by this? Yeah. But they were, it was also designed to offend at times. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Some of it, I think at that time wouldn't have been thought of as offensive and now definitely would. Yeah. Like the grandma speaking jive. Be cool. <laughs> yeah. I, that scene is awesome. I think that scene could still work today. You just have to cast the right people to pl- to. Pull oh, I think people are just like, oh, you're basically, you're stereotyping an entire group <laughs> as they only interact with one another like this, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and be like, oh, yeah. yes, you could look at it like that, but then 
you could say we're also stereotyping flight attendants as this and this is this and be like, well, the whole thing is predicated upon offending. Well, I always think of the um, that video of Obama walking through the shake line, handshake line where like with all the white people. Oh, the key and peel? Like, the, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, but that's based on an actual thing where Obama actually walked through a, a handshake line and was shaking proper hands with all the white people. And then one of the uh, black guys were there and they had like a big old hug and a, a high five and all this kind of stuff. So it's like that was a parody of that, which I think works. So I think you could have that in the movie as kind of if you cast another black character in the movie, because they're, they're, I think those were the only two black guys in the movie other than Kareem, uh, and have them have an interaction where you see the difference there and how they approach. I think that's how you get away with it. And then you could still have the scene with the older woman do, trying to do the the jive or whatever, or doing the jive, because I think it could still work. And it was like, it was Beaver's mom. That's what really was. Yeah, that's part of the selling joke. point. Yeah, so you'd yeah. have to... Uh, today it would be uh, Betty White before she passed. Or oh, Betty Lansbury. White. Nobody would have had an issue if it was Betty White. Yeah. Absolutely. Good point. Yeah. But it's someone like that. Yeah. Which I, I didn't watch Leave it to Beaver, but I understood the maternal nature of the character that she played and then what this means, even when I saw it years and years later. Hey, big boy. Big boy. I dug her rap. Son, give me, come with some slack, Jack. Oh, yeah. man. That's such a great back and forth. There's a million of the playing the guitar and keeps sitting oh, yeah. on the IV line and the kid <laughs> hey, 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 and then she'd move and then the kid goes back down and then sits on it again. Uh, the lips being pursed together. I mean, Leslie Nielsen killing oh, yeah. it, I mean, killing it as yeah. he is as straight as an arrow mm. the whole time. And <laughs> it is, it is perfect. And that's, what's kind of disheartening about, later on when he's doing interviews and whatnot and he's got like the fart machine thing in his hand and whatnot be like the reason you're funny is because you play these ridiculous scenes yeah. so straight yeah yeah you're not telling the jokes the jokes are flying at you and you're oblivious to it because you're just so centered and that's what makes it so fucking good it's tough not everybody could do that in, in you know embrace yeah the amazing skill set you have i mean i had the chicken <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. It, it, it's a, it's a career changing film for Leslie Nielsen. Oh yeah, he was a dramatic forward. actor. Yeah, yeah. And then this is just like boom, pivot. You're doing your comedy. You are comedy. Yeah. So good. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. It's just, it's just, a, it's yeah. From top to bottom, just very, very funny sequences on the plane. All of it. And Robert Hayes his flashbacks to dancing with Julie Haggerty and the kind of a Saturday night fever type situation, all the sweat and everything as he's trying to land, uh, Lloyd bridges and that whole thing. I picked the wrong week. to start uh, he's Every time. Yeah. I think the gay character would be the one where you'd have to kind of make the biggest adjustments and the biggest that's way too flamboyant. Uh, but where you get in trouble for that. Man. True. But I think a lot of, a lot of his dialogue and lines could stay. Maybe, maybe. Like and Leon's getting larger has nothing to do with him. It's just, he's just got good comedic timing and he's just rifling in. And when you, you have that polarity with bridges plus stack. Yeah. Right. And stack is just this, right. Yeah. yeah, Just a cigar chewing, super serious flight control operator. Uh, Uh, It's a good dynamic. You're right. Yeah. I could watch that again right now. 
Doesn't he have the maracas? Doesn't he? Have, doesn't he come in with the? Maracas? Oh, I don't know. I have to look that up. I can't think of that scene. I can't forget. I forget. Oh well. Um, and the sequel was terrible. Oh god, the sequel. I uh, I've only seen it once, and I will never watch it again. Yeah. And like Kentucky Fried Movie, I don't think is good. Oh, Kentucky Fried Movie, right? Yeah, oh. it's like yeah, I see signs of where you're going, but it, this is rough. Um, all right, so then my number one, which is not a laugh fest at all, United Ooh. 93, uh, you know, the very um, almost documentary type approach uh, to what happened on that flight there in United 93 um, when it crashed in uh, Pennsylvania. And um, uh, great job by Paul Greengrass to pull you into that movie. Uh, and he cast, you know, people who are good character actors, not stars. Uh, to play all these characters and what happened and what was reported that happened on that flight. And of course it ends in a, a such a tragic way. So um, just incredible film uh, that I only go back and revisit once every few years because it is so true to life and harrowing. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to see what you thought, Matt, since it was your first time watching. Yeah. I mean, I've got it at four previously it was at three because of rights up, but, I think it's yeah lower than the other ones because I, I will watch all of those again. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Much more routinely. Uh, I'm glad I waited all the time because mm. when it came out, I just, I held it off for years. It's like, yeah, I, like you, like, you know, the yeah. vast majority of this country, I lived through that day. Yeah. And I don't need to to watch this, but I did find it fascinating that they bring in like the TSA element to it. Yeah. So they're tracking these flights of United airlines 11. Where's it going? Oh, it's off. Now it's back on the screen and whatever. And then this flight and that flight and how chaotic that entire day was. Mm -hmm. And then the code at the end, like the fact that NORAD and the department of defense didn't know that 93 had been hijacked until four minutes after it crashed. Yep. Because the communication was just so slow to move around. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. Which was probably part of the plan. You know, you make it so frazzled that they can't see which one is. It makes it harder for them to find which one has been hijacked and which one hasn't. So, but yeah. 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 yeah and as it's going on, like the, there's four terrorists on it and mm-hmm. one is the leader and he's slow to get the plan going. Yeah. And as I'm watching it, it was like, wow, I had, had they enacted their plan earlier, like 15, 20, 30 minutes earlier, yeah. would they have been able to pull it off because people wouldn't have known in the back of the plane that the Twin Towers got hit or the yeah. Pentagon had been hit, that there was a situation like this and they might have been pacified into the belief that we're going to go land at an airport because they have a list of demands they want to make yeah, and everything's going to be okay. Um, yeah, there's a tremendous amount of fictionalizing going on, just that we don't know what was said. Right, right. In all these situations. But I will say in the moment, as they're breaking through the cockpit door, mm-hmm. I was holding out hope that they'd be able to wrestle control away. And that tells you how great that film yeah. is. You know how it ends. You historically know how it ends. Yet everything that leads to that moment, you think to yourself, well, maybe they'll pull it off in the film. Maybe. And that's what adds so yeah. much more to the tragedy. Because, I mean, when they go, I think they go the, the white frame, you're just like. No, oh. they go straight to black. Oh, straight to black. Okay. You're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And it stays black for 
yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought they might go to a montage of the passengers. Oh, right. To find out, yeah, what happened. Yeah, just like here's what this individual looked like in, yeah. in their backstory, but to do that for every person. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, but yeah, but what about all the other individuals that suffered similar fates on that day? Right, right. Uh, I understand why then they just say to all the victims. Yeah. Um, but that's what I was initially anticipating. I did love, there's the guy that's like, look, I took judo and I'm just going to run up and break his arm. And you could watch him be like, man, this is some bad acting. And I thought it was perfect because in that moment, you'd be so jacked on adrenaline, not wanting to die. You'd just be like, I'll fucking, I'll fucking break his arm. Okay. You got to be right behind me though. And just this fevered. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It's a whole bunch of character actors. And I thought they all had nice moments to shine. I mean, and you it, rarely see Sledgehammer or David Rash get to play like a a regular person, you know, that yeah. is too fantastical. And so to see, I, I was like living and dying with all the stuff that he was experiencing as the film went along. You know, I thought he was great. And, you know, that moment with everything, I was just like, God damn, man. Do you know if they cast any real people in this? Because it seems like a lot of the TSA or not the, the flight controllers were real. People. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I'd heard rumors that that. So maybe they did. I haven't. Um, and especially like at the head of the TSA, that guy. Oh yeah. Early on before it goes to panic. Like, I feel yeah. like you don't really know your lines. <laughs> Just walking around like, Hey, how you doing Murray? All right. Oh, flights <laughs> right. coming in. That's right. Yeah. We're on a set. We're supposed to be talking about flights. Oh yeah. Know, so, yeah. Yeah. Is he a real? Um, uh, several participants in the real life events portray themselves, including Thomas Roberts, Tobin Miller, Rich Sullivan, Tor Tony Smith, James Fox, and then a list of other people here. And notably, FAA operations FAA, manager Ben Sliney. Sliney yeah. was initially involved as an advisory role, then he was cast as an air traffic controller. Yeah. Once and then shit hits the fan, yeah, he does a better job. But before yeah, 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 that, right. he's like, hey, he's believing. Uh, I'm, we're taking a meeting, but I just heard about this flight. Yeah. Could be hijacked anyway. I'll give you updates as I get them. You're like, I don't right. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating right it's fascinating when you watch people and they're like why can't you just say stuff that you normally would say in every yeah on camera what it is feels so life? weird it's like it, yeah. he's, he's throwing it off and you're yeah. like i have a hard time believing if there was a potential hijacking situation and you hadn't had one in decades yeah right that you just be like hey it could be anyway anyway we, we bought too many coffee mugs we gotta do some budgetary shit and you're like I'm not buying this. <laughs> and then they cut to NORAD and be like, there's an actor, there's an actor, yeah. there's an actor. That's all actors. And then they cut back to the FAA and be like, hey, dicey again. <laughs> but then one shit hit that. And then there was a the representative from the Pentagon. I think that dude might be real that was yeah, interacting yeah, yeah. with the FAA. Yeah. He looks so scared to deliver but his lines. I feel like it's the quiet, but it might be the quiet smartness of the movie that they cast these guys. Yeah, I'm not against it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, they do a good job with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a little shaky for me at first, but you know, yeah. whatever, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad I took the time. It's an excellent movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, yeah, I never saw World Trade Center either, but I never heard anything good about it. It's okay. It's not great. This yeah. is definitely the best of the 9-11 films, in my opinion. Although Rain Over Me is good as well. I think I did see that. I liked Rain Over Me. Yeah, Rain Over Me is good. But that's more about the 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 people left behind. Right, right, right. Yeah, not the the day and, and all, all of it itself. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, when they're in that other tower, I don't know if it's Newark or LaGuardia or wherever the fuck it is. And the guy's like, hey, hey there's the plane. There's the plane. And then they see it. Yeah. And they can just see the explosion of the second tower. Like, yeah. Oh, shit. Did that actually happen? I bet you that did. Yeah. It's like, that's brutal. Um, all right, well, there you go. That's our uh, top 10 uh, films uh, that take place on a plane, our separate list. So uh, we're going to compile this thing and do the official uh, list here for the top 10. I'm going to grab the bump. All right. So where did you have airplane again? Yeah, so everything's changed around now with Top Gun Maverick being added. So let me see. So which one? Airplane's, was airplane's low on your list, right? Airplane yeah. is six now on my list. Okay. And then United 93. You know what? I feel like United 93 should just be number one. Okay. Works for me. Uh, now we got Right Stuff versus Top Gun. And then after that, I think we go Airplane. Okay. Sounds good to me. Uh, do you have a preference on Right Stuff versus Top Gun? Of course I'm going to go Top Gun Maverick. Uh, are you kidding? Although I did just put your number one, number one. I mean, it's on your list. It's not like you gave me anything. I I chose not to go through the process of flipping coins. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the bigger do you, man. Do you feel comfortable putting the right stuff over Top Gun Maverick? I, yeah. I leave that up yeah, to you. Yeah, I do. Okay. So it's higher on my list. If anyone has any issues with it, you can address your comments Direct it to at, me. at most. Yep. Um. All righty. All righty. Did we ever, we punted on flight and we never talked about it. What? Where that was, was that on your list? Four. Oh, I'm sorry. Did that get moved around because of? Yeah, it was number three and then it get moved down to four because of Top Gun Maverick. Oh, my apologies. I guess I got all messed up about that. Well, we've talked about flight on the show before. So what more do you want to say? Denzel was great. The yeah, film Denzel was, was amazing in it. Yeah. And uh yeah, I liked a lot of the other actors in it. I thought it was well cast. Yes, agreed. And it's partially it's inspired by a real event. Yes. And um isn't it Donner who directed this one? Not Zemeckis, right? Or is it Zemeckis? It's Zemeckis. Zemeckis. No, it's Zemeckis. God damn. Okay. Yeah. Shit. It's a very non-Zemeckisy film. The last gasp. Because his Pinocchio was horrific. I'm not even going to attempt it. <sighs> Man, it was bad. Okay, so that's one through five. United 93, okay. Right Stuff, Top Gun Maverick, Airplane, Flight. Okay. And then we both have Sully, but that's lower. Yes. We, uh, Air Force One was where? It is now five for me. Okay. All right, so that makes six. Okay. Sully was now, well, Sully's off your list now. Sully's correct? off my list now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I have my five. Okay. Memphis Bell, that's higher than anything you should have left, I believe. Did we put flight on the list already? Yep. Okay, yeah, then yeah, I don't have anything in the top five that isn't. Uh, I have my seven. What's your next highest? It's Con Air, son. Number seven. All right, I'm flipping you for that. Flip that coin, man. Flip that coin. Even though everybody listening would agree that it's they enjoy it more than Fly Away Home, I will not. <laughs> I will not go quietly into the night. I will not. All right. Two weeks in a row for you. Oh, 
For me? Yep. What a shock. We must have found the one piece of wood, finally. The one last week. That's what I'm saying. We must have found the one piece of wood. I think I'd lost the previous 99. <laughs> Which, by the way, did you get my Christmas gift that I sent to you? I don't want to answer this. I, I don't want to answer this. It's a simple yes or no. Did you? Uh, no, I did not. Ah, fuck. What is this Christmas gift you sent? I figured with your whole, like, the cowboy motif thing. Here we go. Here we go. I, I got you. I splurged this year. I splurged. And I got you the cowboy Trump NFT. I, <laughs> I emailed that over because I figured you got the green screen now. You can put it on the green screen. I can. Yes. And have it back there but it doesn't you got the thing on the blockchain and it's officially yours and you'd love it none of these words make any sense to me <laughs> shit about the trump i mean shit about the nft stuff right yeah but it's a it's a cowboy thing and you love cowboy stuff so your sheets are cowboy sheets <laughs> you got a horse bed instead of a race car bed oh totally Guys, totally it's that's why he bed. hasn't divorced himself from this outlaw thing it's I put, kind I put of in his straw blood. I put straw all around the house. <laughs> um, all right, uh, what's your next highest? I have my eight, Sully. Um, well, I guess uh, my eight uh, is red eye. So how many slots are left? One. Ooh, here we go. All right, flipping it once more. And you finally lose one. Oh, oh that's a shame. So it makes the list. That's a shame. You'd have to agree that considering it was technically on your list. Yeah. That it's not disappointing that it gets the last spot. No, no, it's not. Uh, all right. There we go. There we go. There it is. Boom. Hey, so you got my email. You got the email of the NFT sent over. Gorgeous. I'm a fucking moron. You all got right, your anyway. white hat? Throw it on, buddy. <laughs> Wait. Do you have your white cap? That's uh, in the closet somewhere with dust on it. Um, all right, let's uh, let's do this thing. <laughs> the top ten films set on a plane. Yeah, at number ten, Sully. At number nine, Fly Away Home. At number eight, Con Air. At number seven, Memphis Belle. At number six, Air Force One. At number five, Flight. At number four, Airplane. At number three, Top Gun Maverick. At number two, The Right Stuff. And our number one film set on a plane is? Is United 93. Hey, oh, good stuff, man. United 93. All right. Uh, well, there you go. That's our uh, official top 10 list of the film set on a plane. Uh, go see Plane. It's coming out uh, the weekend that we drop, or the yeah, the weekend uh, of the week that we drop this. Gerard Butler, another Gerard Butler vehicle. Don't get it confused with Den of Thieves or Hunter Killer. Uh, it is out there for you all to enjoy, and uh, let us know what you think of it if you go see it. Um, I'm supposed to go to a screening for it next week, but I don't know if I'm going to go see a screening of this thing. We shall see. Um, all right, Matt. Any final words here before we wrap up? Um, you can follow the show at top 10 show on Twitter and it's all spelled out on Instagram, YouTube. It's forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. You can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, check out my other show. It's called settle the score. You can find that anywhere you get podcasts. 
Uh, and if you'd like to watch it on YouTube, go to youtube.com forward slash Matt Nost. Uh, do you do you have anybody coming up that's going to be a fun matchup that you're dropping? Can you tease or do you not like to do that? Um, you know what? Every time I've done that, it's bit me on the ass and I have oh, to reschedule okay. those people. Never mind. I know. It's like I've done it three times ever and it, all three times. It's just like, oh, hey, right. shit, can we do next week instead? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, we can do next week instead. Um, all right. I'll let it be then. Um, as for me, you can always follow me at the Roca says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, the Outlaw Nation on Twitch. Uh, the other podcasts I do, the Cinephiles, the Geek Buddies, and the Hot Mike, they're all there for you all to enjoy and have some fun with. And if you're into sports and if you're into pro wrestling, we have branched out both of those things into their own YouTube channels, the Strong Style YouTube channel and the Game Time Sports YouTube channel. Those are all separate. Please go over there and subscribe uh, to those channels because uh, we're dropping content every week, sometimes multiple times a week to try to build up the audience for that. So we'd love it if you came over there. Um, all right, that's it from us. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. Peace. Ooh.